All right, welcome back to the Christian Tactician Podcast. I am your host, Adam Yates. Thank you for spending some time with me today. I'm grateful for all of you who continue to support me in this. I am grateful to the Lord for giving me um, the opportunities in life that I can uh, that I can find some way to reach out. My my hope and my desire is that uh, all of you who spend time listening to this will find something that will lift you up, that will encourage you, that will help you in your walk as a Christian. Um, I realize completely that it's difficult. It's difficult to be a Christian. It's difficult to be a Christian uh, any day. I, I think that there's going to be days coming where we will find ourselves challenged, and, and I think it's so very important that we have these avenues that can encourage you, that can give you some thoughts, that can help help you to drown out the, the voices of the world that want to speak against Christianity, against manhood, all of those things. That's, that's my hope for this particular podcast. You know, I also want to, in every podcast, I, I want to take opportunity to speak highly of God, for He is good. He is a loving God. He is a God of purpose. He created you to be a man. And for ladies who are listening, you know, he created you. He knew what he was doing. God doesn't do things by mistake. He has a path and a plan for you. You know, I love the scripture in Jeremiah where the Lord tells Jeremiah, he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and I had a plan for you. You know, he called Jeremiah to be a prophet to the nations. You know, God knew what he was doing and a God who does things with purpose, a God of purpose created you for a purpose. And a God of purpose who creates with a purpose, he knows how to get you where he wants you to be. Uh, This is the purpose of the scriptures, of God's word, his written word there to help you to to know and to understand the mind of God, how to get where he wants you to be. That's the purpose of preaching. That's the purpose of teaching. And, And I want you to remember that, that God is a God of purpose. I want you to remember, as we consider Christian manhood, the dogs also bark at what they don't know. You have an opportunity to change, to begin to make changes in the attitudes, in the understanding of those who are around you, that as manhood, as Christianity is, is uh, portrayed to be a negative, that when you fully grasp and you try with all of your heart to live up to that standard, that example of Jesus Christ, you begin to make changes in people's mind of what a Christian is, what a man is, what a husband is, what a father is, what a friend is. You have that opportunity, and I've said it in podcasts in the past. If you look through the scriptures, so often entire changes in groups of people in nations have been made because one person. So don't ever downplay your ability to make a difference. You know, so often in life we're looking, you know, as we aspire, I I know this is me, you know, as I, as I look and I think, I just want to have an effect in life. I, I want at the end of my life to look and see that I've accomplished something, but I'm only one person. Does it even matter? You know, I struggle with this in my life, but I feel, I feel with my whole soul that yes, Yes, Adam has an opportunity to make a difference in the lives of those around him, though I'm only one. And if we each were to take this seriously, if we each were to to try to work with all of our mights to uh, show what a Christian is, to show what a man is, what a believer is, think think of the changes that could be made. Think of the changes. So I want you to think about that. Dogs also bark at what they don't know. You know, something that we don't know and we don't understand, we're, we're nervous, we're afraid of, but you know, we have an opportunity to show what a Christian is. And so uh, grab a hold of that with both hands and run with it. Be a follower of Jesus Christ. We're going to talk today about uh, 
about some things that have to do with these four aspects of a man. I'm going to cover them right now, but we're going to talk about them at the end of this podcast. But remember, these these four things that I feel so strongly about, that a man of God, a man of Christ, is a man of action. He doesn't stand by idle. He's looking at his life and in the lives of those who are around him. Are there dangers? Are there troubles? Is there something that I can do? What is my role? And if I recognize a need, whether it's in the life of my wife or my children or my friends, Am I addressing it? Uh, Am I looking at my own self and seeing where I have failures and struggles? A man of God is a man of action. He doesn't stand by and do nothing. He is always looking to do something. You have a purpose. A man of God is a man of responsibility. He accepts and desires responsibility. When you were created, whether you are a man or a woman, you you were created and and in the, the very aspect of your creation as a man came with responsibilities. It's what it is. It's a package deal. And a man of God is all right with that. He accepts it. He aspires to accomplish those responsibilities in his actions, in his speech, and those people who he's supposed to be an example for, all of these things. But it, it has to go farther than that, that you actually desire responsibility, Okay, that I want an opportunity to excel at something. I want an opportunity to interact in the lives of others. I want an opportunity. You know, your boss at work should be looking to you and you should be saying, give me this opportunity. Let me do it. Let me show you how a Christian fulfills this, this job, this task, whatever it is. You know, this is what a man of God does. He accepts and he desires responsibility. A man of God is a man of leadership. He leads from the front. He doesn't send somebody else to do his job. He shows, he is the example, he is the pattern. He leads his family, he leads them in in asking forgiveness, he leads them in prayer. He leads in relationships. You know, you young men who listen to this, who may be in or pursuing, uh, or you're a part of a relationship, you know, a man of God is a man of leadership. And leadership is one of those difficult things because it means making hard decisions. It comes with tempering your own desires. And the other thing that's difficult about leadership is a leader is the easiest one to criticize because he's visible. We have to be okay with the criticism of others and the criticism of the world uh, so long as our leadership is built on Christ-like qualities. But remember that, that a leader, a man of God is a leader, and he leads from the front. And that last thing, that a man of God is a man of expectation. There's a reason why we do all of these things, why we struggle and why we have difficulty, because we are convicted of something that lies beyond this life. We're convicted of something that lies beyond this conversation. We're convicted of the importance of something that lies beyond this trial. All of these things we endure as a Christian because we have an expectation of something good that, that God has promised us, and it motivates us to go forward. So my title today, you know, I said we're going to talk about all four of these aspects in the course of this. But I'll be honest with you, my title is probably a little bit of clickbait, right? Why I enjoy pain. And, you know, I was just thinking about it because uh, I'm, I'm in a, uh, a fire academy right now. And I'll be honest with you guys, I'm in pain every day. Uh, my body hurts. And I thought about this, about pain and about what it means to to endure and what it means to to put effort into something. And I want to discuss this today because really this is a conversation about mental aspect of, of a man, of a person. 
And really, this is a discussion on endurance, what it means to endure. And, and so as we start here, I want you to realize this, that there is an essential part of the walk of any Christian is the aspect of enduring. Because any of you, whether you're a member of the Church of Christ, of whom I'm a minister, or some other church, I, I hope that you realize that if you have decided that you are going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, that it might have been a decision that you made, but it's a decision that comes up continuously. You know, Christ says that, you know, you take up your cross daily. The the burden and the challenges and all of those things of being a Christian, it's every day, something that is continuous, that's enduring. And, and so I want to just read here just to begin two scriptures. First is Mark 13 and 13, and Christ is talking to the disciples, and he says, you know, you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. I'm going to read also 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. It says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. You know, if we look at these two things, it's talking about troubles and difficulties in life. And in both of these scriptures, and I just pulled two of them right here, it talks about what it is you you endure challenges and difficulties. You know, endurance is this aspect, it's, it's this word, it's this concept that always has to do with challenges, right? I don't endure a massage. I've never, actually never had a, a massage, really, but I can, I can imagine that if I were sore and all that sort of stuff, I mean, it's not like, like it would be something difficult to endure a massage or endure a vacation on the beach, right? Endurance, so here's this, this definition from Webster's 1828 Dictionary, okay? Endurance, a bearing or suffering, a continuing under pain for distress without resistance or without sinking or yielding to the pressure. You know, this is what it is. We, we, so if we think about this concept of endurance, it always involves something that is a challenge. And, and I hope that you look at your life, and I hope that as you um, have had your eyes opened to, to the things of this world, as you have grown in your spiritual maturity, I sure hope you've been growing in your spiritual maturity, and you are seeing challenges all over the place, because my, my true belief is that if you are a Christian, you should be finding yourself challenged continuously. Uh, maybe in the beginning, it's challenges of changing some of these big, um, I call them kind of gross sins. Maybe it's that you were having an inappropriate relationship with your girlfriend. Maybe it's that you have this habit of lying or of stealing or some of these things, right? Uh, but as we begin to overcome those things, this endurance as a Christian uh, calls to us as we listen to sermons, as we uh, as we participate in studies, as we read the scriptures, as we hear things like podcasts. That that being a Christian calls you to continue to look at different things that you have to change. Making changes as a Christian, it's it's not easy. It requires endurance. And of course, we're going to talk about this a little bit later. That there is one who is trying to throw things in front of you to trip you up. That that requires an endurance, right? To keep moving forward and not giving in to the temptation to walk away, to, to turn around, to give up space. I want to read here in 2 Nephi in the 13th chapter. I'm going to read verse 21 and then 29 and 30. And this chapter is about baptism. It's about the dedication of your life by way of baptism 
to Jesus Christ, but it goes beyond just this act of going in the water and being baptized. It talks about more things, and that's what I want to talk about here today. So 2 Nephi chapter 13, I'm going to read verse 21, then I'm going to jump to 29 and 30. It says, And now, my beloved brethren, I know this, that unless a man shall endure to the end in following the example of the Son of the living God, he cannot be saved. You know, this is something, I'm going to pause here before I go to 29, this is something that's really important, is that if you believe in your life that salvation comes by one decision in your, in your life, I choose to believe in Christ, and that there's nothing else that you have to do, you are living a lie. It is not the truth, because the example of Christ, it was continuous, he was, he was constantly being challenged, and he was constantly overcoming. And I don't get to dedicate my life to Christ today and then fall back on my old ways and think that I'm going to be able to stand there before God and say, hey, I'm clean. I've got clean hands because I accepted Christ once. No, it's a continuous thing, right? And so that's what the scripture is saying. He says, you know, I know this, that unless you are going to endure, endure all of the challenges and hardships and things of life that might make you want to sink or give up or yield, unless you endure in the example of Christ, the Son of the living God, there is no hope for salvation. It has to be a continuous thing. So verse 29, wherefore you must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope and a love of God and of all men. Wherefore, if you shall press forward, feasting on the words of Christ, and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, you shall have eternal life. We cannot, I don't care if you believe in what you would term my quote-unquote brand of Christianity or not, I don't care if you, if you feel like I'm right or wrong, you can't argue against this concept, okay, that a Christian has to be willing to continue to act in a Christian manner continuously until your heart stops beating, until your your lungs stop breathing, that it has to be something that is continuous. It means endurance because you are constantly going to have challenges. In fact, being a Christian, I believe with my whole heart, is fraught with challenges. We will always be challenged. So let's jump back here to my title, and I want to talk about this for a second. So why do I enjoy pain? So I, I, want, I want you to understand that... Um, I'm not a masochist. What is masochism? You know, in, in a, uh, the definitions in a general use, it's a person who enjoys an activity that appears to be painful or tedious. I don't actually like being hurt, but there is a satisfaction in accomplishing something that takes effort, even if it's to the point of pain and hurt. I want to just spend the next probably 10 minutes or so kind of building upon this because I, I do believe, I, I'm not like this perfect example of a man, so please don't get me wrong, but there are these things that I have recognized in my life and, and in a lot of situations I've been in uh, throughout my lifetime, and especially um, the last several years as I've been looking at other people, I see how disinclined we are to do anything that is difficult, that might result in failure, pain, and I think this is such a, a, a mistake. And as men, we, we have to look at this. We have to look at this and consider the importance of being okay with something that is uncomfortable. You know, let's not be ignorant of the importance of learning how to endure difficulty. It is so important. So, you know, through my life, uh, when I was young, you know, I grew up playing sports. Uh, but it was probably not until high school when I first and learned the, uh, where I first learned the importance of having to endure pain and, f- and 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 learning to enjoy the feeling that came afterwards. And so, what was it? You know, uh, it was basketball tryouts. 
And so, you know, the the basketball coach who was there at my high school, he was he was a tough coach. He was a difficult coach. And, and, and I'll give some examples here, but you know, so tryouts, you know, our tryouts, it was typically uh, a week long of tryouts. And, you know, for the first two or three days, you would go to basketball tryouts and there was not a basketball to be found in the gym. You, you were not going to touch a ball. What we spent at least three days doing was running. And now this is, this is not a politically correct name anymore for this particular exercise, but we would run suicides, suicides. We would run it for hours. And so I don't remember if I've talked about this in a past podcast or not, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it again here. You know, suicide. So you start at one baseline, okay, right behind the, the hoop. And you're going to start and you're going to run from there to the, the free throw line closest to you. And then you're going to run back to that same baseline. Then you're going to run to the half court line. And then you're going to run back to that same baseline. Then you're going to run to the opposite free throw line. And then you're going to run back to that beginning baseline. And then you're going to run the length of the court to the opposite baseline and all the way back again, right? And what he would do is he would say, you have X amount of seconds to run this suicide. And it was never a time that everybody could make. And he would continue and he would say, we are going to run these again until everybody makes it in this time. Well, you can imagine that after a certain amount of time, when you're tired of running it, everybody's putting full effort in and yet you're still not making the time. And we continue to do it though. Do it and 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 do it. And then when he decided that, all right, they've probably had enough. Okay, we're going over to the bleachers. You get somebody who is your size, throw them on your back. We're running bleachers with somebody on your back. And then when we finished doing that, then we would go back and we would run suicides. And, uh, you know, he had some people go to the, the hospital and things like that, you know, and it, and it might have seemed harsh, but I'm here to tell you that was the best learning lesson for me in my life. And I, in my opinion, it really set a course because what, what I realized was what was important wasn't that I won, wasn't that I was the first one there, but it was that I never gave up. And I, and I determined in myself that I will drag myself across this line Okay, because I am not going to give up. And, and what I found was, is I found that I had more in the tank. I had more that I could do. It helped me to see what I was capable of, even though by the third or fourth or fifth time, all I wanted to do was quit. I just wanted to walk out. But in myself, I learned that I, I'm capable of pushing myself farther. And you know, when those days were done, the feeling that you had when you didn't give up, although you felt like, you know, although I felt like I had almost nothing left, it was awesome. It was exhilarating. And I looked at myself and I said, man, I am capable of so much. You know, and he pushed us harder through all of our practices and things than, than we really were going to be challenged in a game. And it was good for us. And we lost a lot. You know, he never coddled us when we lost. In fact, after we lost, we typically had a miserable practice. That experience had an enormous effect on the understanding of what I was truly capable of and the limits to which I was able to go when I was physically pressed. And, and guess what? I hurt afterwards. And you know, I've looked at my life and I realized that every worthwhile challenge that I have endured had some aspect of pain involved. And so I have come in my life to this place where I recognize that the amount of pain that I'm in helps to identify the worthiness of a challenge. Now, let's not be silly here and think that, well, then you would say it'd be worth it if you fell down and, and broke your leg. And all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, muscle soreness and, and big swollen knees and, you know, just being exhausted. You know, there are these things that, that I've looked at and I've said, when I have pushed myself just as hard as I can and I have never given up, I may not have been first. 
I may not have won, but I pushed myself where I wanted to quit and yet I didn't. And I'm, you know, the pain afterwards, it's, it's almost like a reward. Man, you tried so hard. You put everything out. You can hardly walk today. Now, you might listen to that and you might think, dude, this guy Adam is nuts. But you know, a whole lot of, of people who have uh, accomplished amazing things have found that same place. Consider that the first person to ever make it to the top of Mount Everest had to go through a tremendous amount of pain. But what did they see when they got up there? Or, or some of these things, you know, there's all of these things that people have challenged themselves to accomplish that the end was worth the effort. And so I've come to this place in my life where I recognize that that pain helps to identify the worthiness of the challenge. So let's let's take, I want to take here, and I want to take this example, something, something I learned when I was in high school and how it helped me apply to later on. I was a police officer for many years. And in the police academy at the end of the very first week, that first week is so incredibly stressful. They, you know, not only is there the stress of this new thing that you don't know what's going on, they're in your face, they're yelling and screaming, you get somebody spitting your face and all that sort of stuff. You're constantly doing push-ups and doing all sorts. I mean, they're just, they're all over you and you got homework and you have to study and you have to make sure that your, your clothes are all ironed right and all that sort of stuff, you know. And then Friday comes that first week of the police academy and it's boxing day. And so what happens is, is they take and they put you with someone of equivalent size and strength. You put on a, 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 head, a head guard and gloves and a mouthpiece, and they put you in a ring together. Now they make you do it on your knees, but then they say, beat each other up. <laughs> and then you proceed until they tell you that you're done to get in a fight with each other. Uh, to some people, that might seem uh, a little nutty. But it's important for several reasons. Number one, there's a whole lot of people who become police officers who have never been punched in the face before. No clue what it feels like. And that might be their first time, and it's something that's important to experience. It's important to know what it feels like. It's important to, you know, to, to, to recognize what it feels like and, and to learn how to control yourself and things like that. But it also does a whole lot in understanding what you are capable of. So my boxing day came, and I had the pleasure of having to box a... Uh, recently retired earlier that year, Navy SEAL. He had done, I think, 15 years in the SEAL teams. And uh, <laughs> so we started, and I had a longer reach than him, and I was able to land a couple good punches to keep him away. But next thing I knew, a sledgehammer hit me in the side of the face. Boom! Uh, knocked my mouthpiece to the to the right side of my mouth. And next thing I knew, boom! I got hit on the other side, and my mouthpiece went flying. And, and man, he rung my bell. And I realized then I had, I had better get with this. And we had this fight that by the time we were done, we were just exhausted. And, and what did it prepare me for? You know, what it was like to give great physical effort when you're exhausted. Because we were both exhausted, but we were not going to give up. Because to give up means I'm going to start, I'm going to get punches landed in my face over and over again. You know, what did it prepare me for? You know, when we were uh, in the police academy too, you know, when we were having uh, PT, and, and our, there was this day when we had this, this run, and we went several miles on this run. And at that point, uh, my, the academy sergeant that I started with, he had left for a, for a different um, position within the police department. We had a new academy sergeant, and this new academy sergeant had played cornerback for uh, ASU football team. So you can imagine he was in very good shape. And we started out on a run one day. We went several miles into it. I want to say probably three or four miles into it. And we made it to a place where uh, 
in front of us, we'd been running, uh, we'd gone off the streets and we were on a, a desert trail and we stopped. And as we're panting and catching our breath, we look ahead and there is a very, very steep hill in front of us. You know, and I can't tell you what the angle of it was. It, it seems like, man, it was, it felt like it was straight up. And uh, I would estimate it to have been at least a quarter mile straight up. We had just long enough to catch our breath before this, uh, our academy sergeant said, now you will sprint up this hill and I better not see anybody not sprinting or we're doing it all over again. So one at a time we took off, you know, dust, you know, flying behind us and went running up this steep hill and it was miserable. Uh, my legs were screaming. They were on fire. I felt like every muscle in my legs was tearing, pushing and breathing so hard that I could feel blood in my mouth. I could taste it and got to the top and, and, I'm, and I'm tasting and I'm spitting blood and, and my legs just feel just thrashed, you know, and I was exhausted. And what did that prepare me for? You know, there's this other day that happens in the police academy, and they call it Red Man Day. And it's called Red Man Day because it's a day that you are going to spend the entire day fighting, okay? Because this is important, and, and I'll tell you um, why here in just a second. But, you know, in this Red Man Day, uh, you are going to spend the entire day fighting defensive tactic instructors. These are guys who, who um, they, they are fighters. That's what, they, that's what they teach in the academy, how to fight. And it's called Red Man Day because they wear these suits that are, it's red padding, and um, it's basically from head to toe for them, and they wear gloves, and it's got a face mask on it and all that sort of stuff. And you go in there with your mouthpiece and with gloves, and you begin to act out or to, to handle some sort of police scenario. And at some point in there, they are just going to begin wailing on you. And your job is to fight, to fight your way out, to fight, you know, to, to do it until they say stop. And, and this is an entire day. And depending on what the scenario is and all that, you know, that scenario and how you handle it, it may be done in, in as soon as two or three minutes, or it may drag out. And I remember, the mo I've never been as exhausted as, as one scenario where I was, uh, where it was, I had a partner, just this little girl recruit who was with me, and we went in and there was three people there. And uh, it was a three or it was two, whatever it was, she ended up being subdued rather quickly. And it must have been a 10-minute long fight that I had against two people. And I was, you know, they're hitting me. It, it, you know, they weren't necessarily taking it easy. And I was giving them all I was worth. And it was exhausting. But you couldn't quit. So what did that prepare me for? It wasn't too long after I graduated the police academy that I got on the street. And you, you come out of the police academy with some with some confidence and everything that you've gone through because you did accomplish something difficult. But, you know, everything there was controlled. And I got out on the street as a police officer in my field training into a uh, an environment and into a job that nothing is controlled. And I remember the first fight that I got in as a police officer and, and understand that this fight that I got in wasn't somebody trying to get away from me. It was someone who was coming after me and they wanted to hurt me, and they were trying to, to damage me. And all of these things that I had gone through in my life about what it means to put out maximum effort when you're exhausted and all of those, you know, what it was like to run suicides until you felt like you had nothing and what you had left and what it was like when I was in Boxing Day and what it was like to get punched in the face and what it was like when I had several miles run and then I had to sprint up this quarter mile steep hill and how I felt and what it was like when I had to fight for 10 minutes and all that sort of stuff. All of that became real to me and I realized what all I had within me 
and and I clearly am here today. I won that fight. But it was such an eye-opening experience. Everything that I'd gone through prepared me for what the challenge was. You know, I want you to think about this. What happens when we aren't allowing ourselves to be challenged? What happens when we aren't allowing others to be challenged? Now, I want you to think of some things. If you look at our society, you will see that there are things that we have tried to do to make life easier and more fair. And I'm using air quotes when I say fair, because what is fair? And who determines fair? And what does that look like? But our society has continued to try to do these things because as humans, we always want to make things easier. But easier is not better. We have this false sense of what that means. Easier is not better. Think about this, is that we have taken away a winner and a loser in kids' sports. Now think about what effect that has on young people's minds, because humans naturally look to do things the easiest way possible. Inventions that have happened all throughout time have been done to reduce the amount of physical effort uh, that, that a person has to do, right? Increase the yield with less effort. This is what humans do. So what happens? What do, what do young people, what do kids realize when we take away a winner and a loser in sports? You know, the kids, they realize that there's no incentive to work hard and accomplish things because working hard to be the best baseball player or to run faster than everybody else or all that, that, that requires doing something that can be uncomfortable. And if we are teaching and if we are supporting something that, that makes everything easy and we never experience discomfort, well, look at, look at our society. This has had a ripple effect, hasn't it? You know, if something makes you uncomfortable, it must be bad. You know, I I fight with my kids about this all the time. Just because something is hard doesn't mean it's bad. Just because it might result in pain, physical, mental, or spiritual pain, it doesn't mean it's bad. And, and, you know, look no further than colleges today. You know, there are these popular movements to make, you know, that they're made to crush anything that makes you uncomfortable. And most of you who are listening to this would agree with me that that's totally ridiculous. But are you in your life doing things that help to aid in this mindset, physically, spiritually? You know, for my kids, we, we have made this push that we want to be more physically active. My kids have to do a workout every day. And for quite a while, before it got super hot and before I started this most recent academy, you know, we were going out and we were hiking. Uh, there's a, a pretty good uh, mountain here uh, close to our house that I like. It's probably a mile to a mile and a quarter. And a good portion of it, it's not straight up, but I mean, it's a steep incline the whole time. There's a lot of big steps and things like that. It's a challenge to go up. And so I'm talking, especially to my two oldest sons, because they're like, dad, this is hot. They're taking forever to get up. And I said, listen, guys, this is what I want you to do. When you feel like you've got nothing left, you are exhausted. This, this hill is so hard. It's so high. Your legs are screaming at you. When you feel like you have nothing left, I want you to look and I want you to find a spot 50 yards ahead on that trail. I see that rock up there. I see that cactus there. And you don't stop moving. If you have to crawl, you don't stop moving until you reach that point. And the pain that you feel when you get there is good. It means you endured. It means you didn't quit. You know, the pain that I feel in my knees every day tells me that my day was worthwhile. In this fire academy I'm in, we, we do this thing. It's called a skills course. This is common throughout all fire departments. And basically, there's these various skills, these things that you have to do. Were you fighting a fire? You know, it, it's, it's pulling heavy hoses and it's, um, 
You know, it's it's using sledgehammers and various tools to break through things. It's going up and down towers. It's uh, it's crawling through things. It's dragging heavy objects. All of these things. You know, it's doing it all while you're in uh, very heavy gear. You know, boots and pants and 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 jacket, wearing a helmet, having a mask on your face, breathing air, having the weight of an air pack on you. All of these things. And I know I've talked about this before, right? So I, I want to talk about this here because in my fire academy. I am the second oldest guy. The oldest guy there has got about six months on me. And a majority of these uh, other adults who are in this are in their early to mid-20s. So I'm an old guy in there. Uh, now, this isn't bragging because I want, I, want to, I want to go farther than this. But, you know, these skills courses are timed. And every time we've done it, I've put up one of the very highest times you know, and the equivalent to the, to, the, to the best athletes who are in there, you know, who are only beating me by small amounts. And I keep having these, these, these other people who are in this academy who are not doing as well coming to me and say, tell me what your secret is. Yates, what's your secret to doing this? And I say, you know, endurance takes no skill. It takes zero skill. It only takes mental toughness. And mental toughness comes by being willing to not quit. Endurance doesn't mean that you're the fastest runner or the strongest person. It means that you are not going to quit. And you do it once. You push yourself once when you're exhausted, when you can't hardly breathe, and you stop yourself from putting your hands on your knees and bending over to try to give yourself a break. You do it once, and the next time it's so much easier. And the next time it's so much easier. It takes no skill. It takes mental toughness. Do it once, and you're stronger for the next time. You know, physical challenges are probably not the only way to establish this concept of endurance, but it's probably the most apparent and relevant. And, and I want to encourage you to look at your life and see, are there places where you are being challenged and that challenge, you're like, it ain't worth it. Even though in your mind, you know it is. Are there places where you are giving up? Are there places in your life where you are not rising to challenges? You're not pushing yourself past that mental or physical limit. So now let's pull this all the way over and let's start looking at some spiritual stuff because this is really what I'm talking about. And, and, and physical toughness and endurance, I think, you know, what, what it really does is we have this adaptable and programmable mind. When we challenge ourselves to do things that are difficult, it, it begins to set a program in our mind. Uh, in, in the police world, the SWAT world, in the military world, they talk about your mind as this programmable computer. You begin to teach it where to go. You, you, you show it through training and through pushing yourself in various aspects of life. You know, it becomes this file that when challenges met, your brain goes quickly and says, where have I, where have I endured this before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Boxing Day. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. And, and I believe this to be the truth. And I think that, that those physical examples have helped me spiritually. But, but I still had to be challenged spiritually to endure, but, but I want to kind of go through some of these things. And, and the first thing I want you to do is I want you to understand the nature of the devil. He knows how to challenge you. He knows what buttons to push. He's seen where he's been successful before. He is constantly trying new things. If you think that you are going to go through any part of life and not be challenged spiritually. You are fooling yourself. You are not actually engaged. You are not part of this battle. You're not in the game because you will be pushed. And every time we give in because that challenge is too hard, that temptation is too strong, we're showing the devil where he can hit us again. And we're telling ourselves that we're not able to endure. There's this awesome thing, though, is that God promises that, you know, Jesus says, I'm going to be with you. His spirit is going to help us. He's put helps 
within the church for that, your brothers and sisters, the ministry, your mentors, all of that, right? So that we don't have to give in. He knows how to challenge us, and he's trying. And if you think that's not true, or you have this expectation that you shouldn't be challenged, it's not fair, consider that Jesus himself was challenged. And I'm just going to read here, we all know this story, Luke chapter 4, and I'm going to read 1 through 13. Luke 4, 1 through 13, Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he was afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, if thou be the Son of God, command this stone to be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, it's written, the man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil, devil taketh him up unto a high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give unto thee, and the glory of them. For that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it's written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it's written, He shall give his angels charge over, their, over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answering unto him said, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. You know, even, even Christ, you know, he wasn't free from challenges. He had to endure whatever it was. You know, he was hungry. He was, you know, there was all these things in front of him and he had to endure it. Satan was looking to try to see, can I possibly get him? You know, in the Book of Mormon, in 2 Nephi chapter 11, verses 75 to 77, here this, this man is having this, this vision. He's being shown the, the state of affairs of people, and, and he makes this, this observation. He says, you know, they sell themselves for naught, for nothing. For for the reward of their pride and their foolishness, they shall reap destruction, for because they yield unto the devil." and choose works of darkness rather than light. Therefore they must go down to hell. For the Spirit of the Lord will not always strive with man. And when the Spirit ceaseth to strive with man, then cometh a speedy destruction, and this grieveth my soul. You know, as we consider the purpose and benefit of being able to endure physical things, we need to also understand the benefit of the spiritual. Consider that there's a battle that's going on within us for our thoughts, for our actions, to the strengthening and the diminishing of our soul. You know, one of these things I want to encourage you to do that, that takes some mental toughness and being willing to endure something that could be difficult. And, and I'm going to say this not to say, hey, you do what Adam does because he is this example. I want to tell you that, that I have felt such a strength in being willing to take this step. You know, as, as my life has changed and jobs have changed, I've had a lot of firsts again. And when I started as a police officer, my focus wasn't on my responsibility to Jesus Christ, and it wasn't on my commitment, and it wasn't on being a witness. It was on being a police officer. But as I've gone forward and I've had new opportunities, I have made this decision in my life that I will declare myself and be willing to endure whatever that brings. Because there is a benefit that comes along with enduring. There is a benefit that comes along with being willing to, to proclaim who I serve. You know, there, there are things that we need to be willing to do, though they might be difficult. But we do it, hopefully, because in your life, you have gone down the path and recognized the benefit of being challenged and overcoming. Even if it is painful. Even if you hurt because of it. Because if, if, the, if the direction we're going, if the challenge we are facing, okay, if it is a good and a righteous challenge, 
then it's worth the difficulty. Then it's worth the pain. The victory is worthy of the battle. What does a man of Christ do? I want to talk about this here as we prepare to draw this to a close. You know, a man of God is a man of action. And I want you to understand that this word action can be a positive or negative, right? It can be gaining or it can be giving ground. Clearly, the focus is to push forward through difficulty despite pain or discomfort. One thing that I know is the scriptures say that you resist the devil and he will flee from you. When we take action against him, even though it is difficult, even though it might take time in prayer, even though it might take changing things in our life, maybe it means you got to throw away your cell phone, whatever it is. You know, when we challenge, when we face the challenge that the devil puts in front of us, and we don't give up, we endure, even though it, the burden is heavy, even though we want to yield, we want to, you know, people are looking at us, it's frustrating, I, you know, all of these things. When we take Christian, Christ-like action, despite pain or discomfort, we are following the example of Christ. He didn't give up. All the way to the cross, he didn't give up. What does a man of Christ do? responsibility. You know, consider that you are responsible for your own spiritual welfare. I know I've said this in past podcasts, but I want you to remember this. I am a minister, a called minister of Jesus Christ, and that comes with tremendous responsibility. I will never downplay that. But in the end, I cannot change you. You are responsible for your spiritual welfare. You have to be responsible for it. Own that. And understand this, When you are challenged, when you give in to sin, to temptation, when you give up because it's too hard, you're shirking your responsibility. And what you are saying is that when God made you with a purpose, he was mistaken. He was wrong. He didn't make you with a purpose. He didn't give you the tools to be able to overcome. When you give in to sin, to temptation, what you are saying is God was wrong. But he wasn't. He made you with purpose. You were made and purposed to be able to shoulder responsibility. And I want you to think about that. When you give in to sin, when I give in to sin, what I'm saying is, is God was wrong. But that's a lie. What does a man of Christ do? Leadership. You know, if you are accustomed to taking the easy road, if you are accustomed to giving up when something is hard, or to not push through pain, remember this that others are learning from your example. Your wife, your children, your friends, coworkers, all that, they see it. They see it. Others can gain by your leadership or fail by your example. In my family, I have become, I am willing to acknowledge pain to my children and to my family, but I don't stop because of it. And, and so what I've done is in my mind, I find a way of enjoying it. Now, this sounds really strange, but you know, I've heard it called finding a dark place in you. <laughs> uh, what that means to me is that I find a place within my mind when I'm going through something that is very difficult, that I acknowledge how uncomfortable it is, but I also acknowledge the benefit of putting through and it becomes pleasurable for me. And I recognize that others are going to see that and they are going to be motivated by it. This is part of why we stand up and we bear testimonies. We are showing some leadership. Listen, I faced a challenge. It was difficult. I felt like quitting, but I found blessing from God. I found this ability to overcome. And others learn by your example. But understand this, others can gain or fail 
by your example. So I acknowledge pain to my children and my family and my friends. You know, I acknowledge pain. I'm going to this academy every day. You know, every day I am in pain. Every day, you know, the, the staff there, how you feeling? I hurt. But I'm not quitting. And it sets an example of leadership that's very important. And, you know, I find this place where I acknowledge the pain, but I also acknowledge the benefit, and I find a way for it to become pleasurable to me. And, and maybe that's just me. Maybe you think I'm strange, but I, you know, it's something that's it's worth thinking about. Because I think we have, our society is not, is not programming us. It's not offering up. It's, it's not encouraging this sort of thing. All of our life right now is about making things easier. And making things easier encourages us to quit when something is hard. It's not good. What does a man of Christ do? Expectation. You know, what value do you see in physical endurance. You will only be a slob if you exercise only until you breathe hard or until you feel it's uncomfortable. You know, there's this thing that I, I, I really like this. I, I've been blessed to, to have been involved in a lot of things in my life that I, that I really enjoyed and that I'm really proud of and that a lot of people will never have the opportunity to do. And, uh, and, I've, and I've been blessed uh, to, to have done some training with some Navy SEALs as they, as they come through and did some training at our training center and as a SWAT team, we got to do it. But, you know, as I looked into it, there's this, there's this Navy SEAL uh, saying a thought process that, that you've heard, and I think I've mentioned it before, but, you know, it's when your mind tells you you have nothing left, you're only 40% done, right? And it says, if it doesn't suck, we don't do it. You know, uh, our mind so often is the first thing to give up when it comes to physical things. Uh, because again, as humans, we we are we are programmed. I, I do believe that we're built to try to reduce the discomfort, to reduce the amount of effort, to save some and all that. But you know, we're we're capable of so much more. But it all is about expectation. What value do I see in pushing through this? What value do I see when I am able to to uh, work through this challenge in my marriage? And how much better will my marriage be afterwards when we can work through this, even though I want to give up, even though I want to quit, even though it would just be easier that, hey, we're just going to sign those divorce papers and I'll just try again somewhere else. And we have to be able to see value in, in pushing through things. Giving up and quitting has, has an absolutely terrible effect on us. You know, I already mentioned this, people were constantly programming our mind, but our mind is not always the best indicator of our ability. Consider, you know, the numerous stories of people who endured horrific challenges. It doesn't, it doesn't take much to, to look and see throughout history people who endured things that, that is beyond all of our comprehension, and yet they did it. You know, within, within the church that I'm a member of, you know, the father of one of my very closest friends, you know, was, uh, was a prisoner of war in the Philippines of World War II, the Bataan Death March. And, and in Korea, he endured some horrific things, you know, and, and he'd been stabbed before and he'd been shot and all these things, you know, but he never quit. And he, and he endured these challenges that most people would have said, you know, I'm not willing to go any farther. I'd, it would just be easier to give up to quit, whatever it was. But, you know, if you look at all these people in truth, they were probably no different than us. It's just that they were motivated by expectation. So how does this apply to you? You know, I know that this isn't the first 
podcasts that I've done about um, endurance, about expectation, about all of these things that we've talked about today. But it's something I feel like we need to be constantly encouraged about uh, because I do believe life is challenging to each one of you. It's challenging to me. I don't think challenges are going to go away. And I think it's something that we need to be reminded of often. God has made us able to endure. He's prepared the way. His Spirit encourages, strengthens us, gives us comfort and peace. It's that helpful motivation there. The example is before us of Christ and of and of so many men and women that we see throughout historical scripture who endured difficult things. And, you know, let's not fool ourselves to think that every one of these scriptural uh, characters who we read in, in, in the scriptures, that, that they endured all these things with a smile. Or, I mean, I don't think that Job was satisfied that he was happy. Hey, I lost everything. Hey, but I'll just endure this and it'll be fine. He was troubled. He had difficulty. We don't have to like every challenge that, that we face, but we do need to be willing to endure it. We do need to recognize what God has done to prepare us to overcome. We do need to walk forward with expectation. We do need to recognize that as a leader, other, people's are, other people are looking at us. We do need to realize that we have a responsibility for our own selves and that we must take action against every challenge in our life. And so I hope that just this podcast of reminder is something that maybe runs around in your head for a little bit. And you think about this. Have I been giving ground some places? Have I been giving up? Are there challenges in my life that I have been unwilling to face because the concept of leaving that thing behind is too much for me or the work that it would, that it would entail me to do? I just don't know that I have it in me. Be willing to accept and endure challenges. This is what life is. This is what Christianity is. And perhaps in the future, it might become even more difficult. Prepare yourself now. You know, what I went through in high school helped prepare me for my job, helped to prepare me for those lessons I was going to learn in the academy, helped to prepare me for the first of many times that as a police officer, I had people attack me and try to hurt me and all of that stuff. Those things that helped me to build this, this willingness in my mind to endure spiritual difficulties and troubles and all of these things. And I, and I expect tomorrow and the day after that and a year from now that there's going to continue to be challenges that face me that it would always be easier to quit and yet God calls me to endure and so I would encourage you to think about these things where are you at in terms of endurance and arise from the dust and be men